0: Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with your hosts Amy Babinschek, James Kernan, Amy Luby, and Carl Polichuk. Produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts Technology Community, we're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. If you want to send us an MP three, tell us your victories, your challenges, your your defeats or even pose a question for us to discuss, just go to smbcommunitypodcast.com and fill out the form, submit your questions, comments, and so forth, and give us your MP3.
1: Hello, and welcome to the SMB Community Podcast. Today, your hosts are Carol Palachuk and me, Amy Babinchak. What up? What up? <laughs> so what have you been up to, Carl?
0: Uh well, I've been relaxing after my conference and um, uh, making forays out to take pictures of flowers. I'm, I'm going to a lavender farm on Saturday. So I'll be by the time this airs, I'll have posted pictures of lavender.
1: Very nice. I have been sending you pictures of or tagging you in pictures of irises as they open up in my yard because I have a bunch of different varieties Yes, and they, and they sort of really, mostly open one at a time.
0: They do so well in Michigan, and they, they actually do pretty well around here. But they don't last as long. Um, but they are a they're a good hot weather flower.
1: That surprises me because I think of them as a moisture seeking plant.
0: Well, they're the in Michigan most things do well if they freeze off in the winter, and uh, irises don't have to freeze off, so they actually do well here. As well, so.
1: Good to know. So lavender farm, here's a, here's a little, little fact about me. The scent of lavender is like someone took a knife and stabbed it into my brain. It was a literally causes a sharp pain to shoot through my head.
2: For
0: lavender?
1: Lavender. Yeah. Wow. Apparently, I, apparently I have some weird type of allergy to, to lavender. So,
0: so you have to check the shampoo at the hotel.
1: I do. And if, you know, I cannot walk into perfumeries because they're always full of lavender or certain soaps or, yeah.
0: I, I will just, make a note. I think I have more than one lavender candle. Oh, no. yeah, it's it's like, a, it's like a favorite flavor. <laughs> For not for me necessarily, but for the world, you know.
1: And they make those lavender pillows. They're like, oh, relax your way to sleep. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's like somebody (laughs) stabbing me with a knife as I'm trying to sleep.
0: Important safety tip: I did not know that. So things I didn't know about Amy. There you go. That'll be a new section for us.
1: <laughs> new uh, regular feature of the
0: podcast. <laughs> but I will show you pictures <laughs> of beautiful lavender that you you don't have to smell and and you will not be aware that it's there. So
1: I actually have I do have one lavender plant in the yard. So having it out there in the yard doesn't bother me. I can't go up to it and sniff it though, but it can be out there in the yard and it's okay. And that led me to think that maybe it was like processed, concentrated lavender that was well, the lavender problem. Lemon. Yeah. Yeah. So so I took some lavender after we planted this thing and I, because um, Earl Grey tea is lavender tea. I and tea. And yeah, so I can drink a small amount of that without getting stabby pains in my head, like, you know, a couple of cups. And so I thought, well, maybe it's, I, you know, if the real lavender is going to be okay. So uh, I'm going to make myself some Earl Grey tea. So I took it and I put it in my food dryer and I dried it and I powdered it and I mixed it all together and like, <laughs> stabby pains in the head. So, yeah, that so they
0: it. must do some other process. Okay. One more, one tiny thing, and then we'll get off of this. I was always confused as a child because there's this song, lavender blue, dilly dilly, lavender green. When You Are King, Dilly Dilly I Shall Be Queen. So that's an old folk song. Mm. And I could never figure out, well, is it blue or is it green?
1: <laughs> it's, it's neither. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Then yeah. I but it doesn't out, rhyme. Oh, yeah. It's purple,
1: like, what the hell? Sure, so. It's much harder to write a song about purple.
0: <laughs> it's time for Five Minutes with Somebody Smart.
2: I am talking to Ellen Edwards at the Channel Pro event, and congratulations on your new book. Uh, Thank you so much. It was uh, four years in coming and lots of tears. So, (laughs) All right. Not a lot of tears. Quite a bit. Okay. All right. Well, next one's easy. They get get easier every time. So the book is process and the other P, which is also process. So very nice. So you don't know this, but... Today, this morning, as you were talking, uh, we dropped a podcast in which the question of the day was: What is more important for your business, people or processes? Uh, that is a fool's choice. <laughs> gotta have both. Uh, process doesn't do a whole lot for you without the multiples of people following. It. So, uh, to me, like I had my my cut off about five people is when uh, a company can afford to purchase a process consultant or to afford the time to do these types of things. But it's just yourself. There is some value to process, but I would pick it carefully based on things you know or don't know or what you're going to how to do. Uh, I wouldn't spend a lot of time doing it until you start having this more so, so that's kind of a cheater answer. Of course. So if you had to pick one, people. People. Yes. Process solves the people's problems so Okay, so. In one of my books, The Absolutely Unbreakable Rules of Service Delivery, one of the rules is you can't control people, but you can control your processes. What say you do that? Uh, it is a factual statement. <laughs> uh, uh, I do believe, uh, if I may use a negative word, manipulation, of people can happen. So it's not really manipulation, it's trained behavior. Uh, and what the process does for you is it creates a clear expectation. And that in turn helps guide people to the right behaviors. So I love processes because they make businesses reproducible and scalable. And, uh, but if you have the wrong people, they're never going to implement your processes. So it's sort of like, ah, yeah. So you, you got to figure out quite what, what the balance is. When somebody comes to me with, oh, God, my people are horrible, the travel, was like, you might be right. But first, we got to set clear expectations of processes, hold them accountable to those processes, make sure they hear it seven times in seven different ways before they actually know the process. And then, if they're still not working out, it probably is a deal. Of problem. Right. Uh, and then there's a process for moving them to another yeah, job. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe of <even> another employer. <laughs> Promoting them to another company. Exactly. So. What's the website? How can people get um, more information about you, the book, processes, so forth and so on? Oh, yeah. Easiest place, EurekaProcess.com. For those who don't know, Eureka is ancient Greek, so maybe you don't know how to spell it. It's E-U-R-E-K-A, EurekaProcess.com. Everybody in California knows how to spell Eureka. Okay. One town name and a great sci-fi series. There you go. Very good. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Carl.
0: This podcast is sponsored by the Small Biz Thoughts technology community. Check us out at smallbizthoughts.org. Forms, templates, and checklists are just the start. Our community includes all of the best-selling books on managed services in all available formats, plus free training, members-only programs, and the best business training available to managed service providers anywhere. Plus, we have weekly live members-only Zoom calls, the average member saves more than 200% of their membership cost each year. We are totally dedicated to your success. Just because you're in business for yourself doesn't mean you have to go it alone. Join us today at smallbizthoughts.org. Very good. So our question of the week, we always have a, an MSP question of the week. And I know that you all have either dealt with this personally or you have clients dealing with it. The question is, do we have too few ports on new laptops? The, 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 the fewest I think you can have is one. If you went to zero, I think people would actually kill you. But I, I just took delivery of a new laptop that has no HDMI port, which is great if I have new technology and I can just project to the screen or project to the TV, but when I can't, then now I'm stuck traveling with a little USB port replicator that has an outlet for HDMI and additional USB and potentially network and other things. Have we gone too far?
1: Oh, well, yes, we have gone too far and I think Everybody except for the manufacturers knows it. You know, I was thinking when you asked the question, was like, well, this could be a really short segment, or this could be a long uh, session where we complain a lot. And so, um, yeah, I have a Surface uh, book. Uh, no, sorry, I don't have the Surface book anymore. I have the Surf. I have the Surface Studio laptop, which is the most fantastic device I've ever owned. Um, But it has only two USB-C Thunderbolt ports. And I believe that Microsoft is actually using the MacBook Pro case because it is so identical, except the two ports. So you cannot use Apple accessories because the two ports are like an eighth of an inch closer together than they are on the actual Apple.
0: Oh, so anything with any kind of stuff that hangs out on the side, they would bump into each other.
1: Yeah, because they, Apple makes this little bar, which is your port replicator bar, and it uses both. It just plugs into the side, and then it's got all the all the things on it. So, But fortunately, my favorite company, Anker, um, has a nice port replicator that I use. <laughs> but yeah, you, it is like you have this wonderful laptop, and now you have to have this stuff hanging off the side of so it.
0: So is this just a nefarious way of making more money by selling because Apple's going to sell the Apple branded plugins, you know, all the all the extra devices and dongles and, you know, all the Apple people, like they all carry around a little bag full of, of dongles and devices um, and brag about the fact that they only have one port. Um, but the rest of us, uh, I don't want that. I, you know, one one explanation is you're making it cheaper to produce a laptop because you don't have any of those ports on board.
1: I think that's the deal, right? I would pay $30 more to have the ports on board.
0: Right. <laughs> it oh, can't absolutely. be much. Yeah, yeah, e- exactly. Uh, and even if they're all USB and I have to have individual adapters, but having just one means sometimes, like I've had people who they had an issue and my solution was, well, Unfortunately, you need a powered USB because you have too many devices on, <laughs> plugged into that thing and it doesn't have you know uh, the power it needs to support all those devices. Uh, and, and that does solve some problems. But why should we have these problems when we're the ones with the money buying the, the big picture?
1: So. Exactly. I, I just bought a Surface Studio uh, laptop for Missy and the, uh, the Microsoft dock for it only has USB-C ports now. So it's Thunderbolt or nothing. Uh, which means that I have to get all new cables for her three monitors that she uses <laughs> at her desk because they don't they were data port. Uh, it's just like, you know, every generation of thing has a new type of port.
2: Right. Well, for it'll
0: be stable for a while. We'll we'll finish in a minute, folks. Don't worry. But uh the European Union has required now that there be standardization of ports. And so Apple's being ah, used to USB-C, but that can only last so long. And then there will be a, a newer, better port <laughs> that shows up.
1: Newer, better, faster. Yeah, I know. But yeah, we could use fewer varieties. I'm good with USB-C. I just have to convert everything I
2: own. Uh, I actually
0: like it a lot. <laughs> I bought my first USB-C to USB-C cable earlier this year. So, uh, you know, the more, more we move to that, the better it is for me. So move on. Take us to another topic.
1: Uh, <clears throat> well, we're going to talk about AI again. Uh. <laughs> uh, right? Some people think it's going to kill us all because it's going to be evil. Um, and then uh, my MSP staff seems to think it's going to replace all jobs. And so we need to start talking about universal income and how we're going to build companies for using robots. So
0: there's been a story recently, all of these, you know, so-called experts, the people who claim that they invented AI came out and said, we're opposed to AI because it will become sentient and then it will destroy the universe. And all I can say is, Technology does move in spurts, but really monstrous changes that change the entire world happen so gradually. People forget, you know, the LED screen was invented 25 years before any of us ever used it for a very simple reason. It wasn't practical until you could put a piece of memory behind every single LED, do some caching, and therefore get the picture to be. Uh, consistent from one end to the other. That took time, and it also took a change in the price of memory. So, you know, uh, I always hear people, you know, look back in history and they say, oh, the television was invented at something like, you know, 1925. And you're like, but no one had TV. Like, don't forget that just because it was invented... (laughs) Like, like nobody actually had television until it became practical, both to broadcast and receive. So even really big technologies like GPT chat sort of tricked people into believing AI is here. GPT chat is the smallest tip of the biggest iceberg.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, you could say that, you know, AI has been around for a while. I mean, Watson has been here for quite some time. Right, And IBM has been researching it. So ChatGPT brings us really the first publicly usable version. And I think the only thing it did was point out how terrible internet search is. <laughs> People immediately flocked to it, not because it was an AI, but because they could get their information that they were looking for
0: quicker. Yes. Well, and, and Google really did change the search world to, you know, authoritative searches versus keyword searches. But... Over time, it just got worse and worse as people kept clicking on the oldest link, um, and that was not their intention. Um, but I, I think AI will be so good for so many things, but it will be so gradual, like do not quit your job today. And I also think the people who think that it's taking their job those people will eventually be the first ones to have their jobs taken by AI, but that might be 20 years from now, and half of them will be retired.
1: Well, what I pointed out to them is all new major technology advances through history to this point have always resulted in more jobs, not fewer jobs. And so I don't see any reason why this will, won't be the case. It will be different jobs than we have today, but I think that there will still be more of them.
0: Well, and a great example, a very recent great example is Amazon automated all their warehouses. And you've seen the videos, robots everywhere, they're scurrying about and all that. And in support of those robots, Amazon, in two years, hired 1.2 million additional human beings. (laughs) So Uh, technology creates jobs and Yes, you you may not be able to do some mundane thing that can be taken over by AI, but you get to do other things and that's good.
1: They seem to be particularly worried about lawyers and accountants. And you know, that lawyers I do think have something to worry about. Their jobs are definitely going to change. They're one of their word word pushers. And that's like the low hanging fruit for AI. Right. So their job will change, but I don't know if it'll I don't know that it'll go away.
0: Well, I do think the, um, the the one profession that is almost guaranteed to be smacked down harder than anything else is going to be physicians, because AI is better at diagnosing cancers. It's better at uh, uh, proposing treatments. It's better at finding little bitty things. It's better at diagnosing everything. <laughs> and... Uh, because we rely so heavily on human beings, because we just, you know, literally, if somebody said, well, we need to cut off this part of your body, you want a human being to look you in the eye and say, I think this is your best bet. You do not want a robot to tell you that. So we rely on humans, even though they're not as good as robots, not as good as AI at determining these things. So but but I do think doctors are going to have a very different place in the history of the world 100 years from now than they have in the last 100 years.
1: Well, I read an article that said that what we are really going to be seeing is the rise of empathetic, empathetic skill sets, right? That up until now, we, we have really valued our anal- analytical skill sets our most highly. And that goes right to your doctors, right? Diagnostics is what they're supposed to be good at. Humans are really not good at that. No. So it's too much information. We can't process it. I think we're going to make a lot of discoveries of stuff that we should have already known, but we don't know because the data is too big. Right. And well, so once AI them. gets hold of it, we'll just it's going to be like, oh, no, you should be doing this because of all of these 10,000 studies you did. How come you haven't been doing that already?
0: <laughs> and we already know that, for example, insurance adjusters are all over the board. You can have two insurance adjusters look at the same house two days apart. They would give you a different number. We know this. We know this for a fact. There's tons of research. So a little AI would go a long ways there. The same thing is true in, uh, you know, judges putting sentences on human beings. Right, mix up the human beings, change the races, and everything is different. Right, and we know this again. Tons and tons and tons of research. So there's a lot of things where we, we'd be better off if we had a little less human interference <laughs> in the
1: system. Right. So,
0: and, uh, you know, we have sent- sentencing guidelines have gone uh, a long ways in that regard, but there's still so much noise in the system that, uh, anyway, I-, I just think that we will be gradually, slowly over the next 20 years getting used to it and we will use it where it works and we will Discard it where it doesn't. Just like every other technology, you know. We, I, I, I have not owned a scanner in a decade because I've owned a cell phone.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, you have a scanner in your hand now. You don't need one on your taking up space in the office.
0: Yeah. So there, there's actually a lot of a lot of tools have been replaced by a cell phone. So. Anyway, we want your feedback. If you agree with us, disagree with us, whatever, uh, please send us a note. You can go to smbcommunitypodcast.com and click on a link. You can send us your audio. We'd love to have your you know, point counterpoint uh, in, the, uh, in the show here. I just want to do one quick bit of news, which is over at the National Society of IT Service Providers, uh, disclaimer, Amy is the president of that organization. Uh, there's lots of new resources. So there's a trifold brochure for members who are attending events such as Chan Pro and other events on our behalf. Um, you can download that, print them off, send them to your local Kinko's, whatever you need to. Uh, there is a guide for uh, getting in touch with your state legislator. Uh, there is a handout on our code of ethics and so forth. So Uh, we encourage everybody in the IT industry to have a code of ethics. And we've got one sample available on our site that you might uh, uh, download and use. But even if you don't use it exactly, we encourage you to have some kind of code of ethics on your site. And all of that goodness is available at nsitsp.org. And if you're not a member, it is ridiculously cheap. So join. It's $150 for a company for a year so uh at least it starts at that level um so anyway please do us a favor do yourself a favor and check it
1: out there's a couple of podcast recordings up in there too so um so once you remember there's uh training webinars yeah webinar yeah webinar recordings. so there's a um there's a webinar up there on um uh it um
2: press relations
1: <laughs> yes, thank you. There's an, there's one up there on on press relations and how and why to um, to get involved with your local press. It's a great way to market your business. Um, and then there's another one up there too, which is a story of woe and uh, how to resolve it from one of the members who um, had his uh, had a client become compromised through MFA. So actually, their MFA was compromised. So. Um, so we're starting to put up a lot of good stuff. You're going to see more of those webinars up there. Those are private member-only webinars, so um, more and more value coming down the line for folks.
0: Yes, so please go check it out, and we'll put the link down below. A couple of notes on things coming up. James Kernan, one of our co-hosts, is having his mastermind group in Denver June 29th and 30th, and so you can find that at Kernan Mastermind, I guess he's got a, a kernanconsulting.com, but then we've got a short link to uh, the mastermind itself. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, with luck, now you'll find that and take it out. The CompTIA Channel Con is coming up August 1st, 2nd, 3rd in Las Vegas, because who doesn't want to be in Las Vegas in August? And uh, if you want to attend for free and say $1,200, uh, use the code S B S. Well, it's S B Small Biz Thoughts 23. Anyway, the the code is uh, absurd. I didn't make it up, but anyway, it's uh, <laughs> uh, it is in the show notes, and uh, if you go and there's a link there as well. So if you use that code at that link, uh, you will get into Channel Con at no additional charge. ChannelCon is filled with really great meetings, and they do have a cool vendor hall. It's the only vendor hall I know of that's completely democratic. That basically all the vendor members can, if they choose to, uh, wait till a certain day and then rush around like uh, um, you know parents looking for Tickle Me Elmo at Christmas and uh, pick out a booth. All the booths are the same size, so Microsoft and Small Biz Thoughts have the exact same size booth. And um, so I'm in booth 101, and I would love to see you at ChannelCon.
1: Um, I will be seeing you there. It you is, will. It is. A, I will. Yeah. It'll be. It's a good conference. You're right. August in uh, August in Las Vegas. Last time I was at <laughs> ChannelCon in Las Vegas in the summertime, it was 115 degrees and I had never experienced 115 degrees before, so I went outside just to, just to experience it. But just so you know, when you register, actually, CompTIA sends you a message telling you to dress warmly because the conference hall is freezing cold. So I would go outside, get warmed up, come back in, <laughs> cool, cool off, go back outside, get warmed up. I don't know what it is about very hot places and their indoor winter, but... They're, they're quite into their indoor winters. So.
0: Well, in Vegas, the thing to do in Vegas is to know which shops you should walk close to the store on the sidewalk because their doors will open and you'll get a, a blast of air conditioned air because the automatic doors will open as you walk by. And so it sort of moderates the temperature on the sidewalk. Um, but uh, also, uh, you know, hats off to the people in the giant M&M or, or Coca-Cola bear outfits out on the sidewalk at 115 degrees. Um, thank God for minimum wage.
1: <laughs> you know, they must just have to scrape them off of the pavement periodically and go rehydrate them. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, they, they must get a break more frequently than once an hour, I hope. Uh, so uh, anyway, um, so, so we will see you all at Channel Con. And uh, there's that, that uh, code gets you into all the, all the venues and the meetings and the good stuff. So um, please check it out. Lots of content there as well as the, the interesting thing about the vendor hall there is you are much more likely to meet the leadership of a company than the average person who uh, is just somebody who uh, travels around the country standing in a booth. Um, not that there's anything wrong with those people, but uh, if you want to meet the company's uh, general management, um, they are often at Channel Con because they want to see and be seen, and so um, it's a, it's a pretty good vendor hall for that as well.
1: You know, the last couple of Comptias, um, you and I have been involved in special events, and um, I will say that. There, it's highly likely that there may be another one. So when that gets organized, we will let you guys know what we're what we're doing over there.
0: Yeah, the last one I organized, but I couldn't attend because I was speaking at a conference across town.
1: Well, thank you for joining me today on the SMB Community Podcast, Carl.
0: Oh, well, thank you for for running the show.
1: Yeah, and thank so you, listeners. Up. We will see you again next week.
0: All right. Ciao, y'all. Please give us your feedback. We really appreciate it.